We need to talk about your shirt. My Hawaiian shirt? Yeah. It's glorious, who is, right? Who are you? I've worn Hawaiian shirts before. When? Mostly in the summers. I haven't. I guess I'm not around you in the summers. I, I, you walked out today of your house and I went to pick you up. And I was just like, I don't know this man. You don't know him in his Hawaiian shirt? Chance. There is actually, there's literally an episode of The Middle like this. Where Mike Heck, the dad, always wears flannel. I, you I guys never see Chance, but he always wears flannel. And then there's an episode where they go out to dinner with some friends and he decides, for some reason, that he wants to spice it up. And he wears a Hawaiian shirt. Oh. And every, it's all anybody talks about. And I'm like, that's kind of strange, but I really relate to that episode now. I get it. Oh, okay. Well, um, I don't normally wear Hawaiian shirts to work, so when I'm working in the summers and you don't see me, maybe that's it. Um, but now I work at a place with a much less strict dress code, mm-hmm. so the Hawaiian shirts are back. Apparently, in a big way, it's even like unbuttoned. I guess it's just sort of low-hanging. It's just low-hanging. Showing some, I mean, some I can... chest. No, you oh. Okay. Oh my. Whew, my heart's all a flutter right now. Magnum PI eats your heart out. That's true. Who needs the top button? I'm just saying. Who needs it? I never button the top button. Yeah. What a waste of a button. Why do they even make top buttons? <laughs> just all a scam by big top button. <laughs> by big. By big shirt. Brought to you by Ogner's House of Strudel. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host, Chance. How you doing, Chance? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm breezy. Yep, you're on island time. I'm on island time. Oklahoma is an island of sorts. Wait, mm-hmm. an island of... I- ideology. <laughs> Norman is an island of ideology in it, the it sea of, of Oklahoma. It kind of is. Sort of. We, like, voted... To defund the police or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. To people who are mad about something. I don't know what it is. They're always mad about something. They are. But yeah, I, Norman is an island of ideology. We are an island of land, among other land. Uh, much other land. Um, they say Oklahoma has the most shoreline of any state. One, I don't believe that. And two, I don't think man-made lakes and your grandpa's pond that he dug and put fish in himself count. Why not? I don't know. They just don't feel like they should. Who knows? I think all of our lakes are man-made. Yeah. Just damming up rivers. Well, I don't even know if we're damming up rivers. I think That's just... how most of them are made. Is it? Mm-hmm. Huh. I guess I've never looked into it. Well, there you go. We could be the river state. We'd be so cool. It'd be fun. I don't feel like you hear a whole lot of the shoreline. That's not something we brag about. Oh. Well, I don't know. I don't know either. But anyway, here we are. Yeah, we have another week, another episode it's true. Where Boy Meets World. Do you feel lonely? A little bit. We've had quite a few guests with us recently. Yeah. I feel like every single episode up till now since at least Disney World. Yeah, at least. It's like the last... No, we didn't have anyone with us when we did the reboot. Yeah. But it's like we had Disney World, then we had the tournament, episodes one, two, well, and the... We didn't have one for Brother Brother. No, we couldn't ask someone to do that. No, we couldn't do that to anybody. Maybe we should have had someone on with a brother. Yeah, neither of us have brothers. We don't know. No, 
We don't know. Should have had our friend Adam on. It's true. Though he and his brother don't have much of an age gap, so they've always been oddly close. Yeah. A little too close, if you ask me. A little too close. Who wants to know their family? Ew. What a waste. Um, but yeah, so we're kind of lonely. We're kind of here. We're kind of sad. I'm not too sad. Um, hey, the wonderful people who we have had the last few weeks. Are I mean, they're great. They're great. I also like to be by myself. Well. And I also like not having to worry about my kids not going to bed so that we can get started and then holding up other people and inconveniencing other people. I'm only inconveniencing you. That's true. And I don't care about that. He doesn't. He really doesn't. If you guys only knew. <laughs> the abuse that goes on behind the scenes. They should have heard his kids crying as they were going to bed tonight. They really were, actually. <laughs> it was like just someone flipped a switch and both of them were just crying their eyes out over the randomest things. Uh, you're, the, you're the biggest abuser I know. Apparently. I, you wouldn't let your son pop it. <laughs> Apparently. Yes, he I wanted thought it was, to... <laughs> I thought it was bop it. Reach but... up to the top of the four-poster bed that's in his room and put his finger in the hole and pop it out and make a little sound. Like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but his fingers are tiny because he's two. It doesn't work. <laughs> but he wants to try. So, yeah, he was just he was just screaming about Bop It. I mean, I guess it was Pop It, but it really sounded like Bop It. Mm-hmm. I was like, does he sleep with a Bop It? What's it happening? And the other one was crying because I was reading a book to my youngest son and then said, hey, you want to join us? And he said, no, I'm going to go sit with Chance. And he did, and then he got to bed and he's like, I want to read that book! Yes. While his other, his brother was screaming in the other room, I didn't want to go in and get it. Um, About Boppets. It, it all worked out in the end. I read the book twice. We had a good time. Boppets were had. Mm-hmm. Tears were shed. Lots of tears were shed, because you are an abuser. He's not. Yeah, I was like, please stop saying that. <laughs> his kids were being ridiculous. <laughs> They're extra. <laughs> they were being extra. But... It was good. And yeah. we got... So we're alone. Alone. We got an episode. Um, it's an interesting episode. Yeah, I feel like this is one... As I was watching it, there's like a lot of moments in this that I feel like are really funny. And I feel like really memorable to me. Mm-hmm. Just as I as I was watching the episode, I'm like, oh, this is something that I think about when I think about Boy Meets World. It's kind of iconic in that way. But a little unassuming. Yeah. And it's iconicness yeah i can yeah i guess so yeah it just it surprised me yeah this episode surprised me too it was i I was just expecting more of the same like alan ho-hum my life is miserable which we do get some of that we do don't you worry dear listener we're gonna get there yeah but i just like yeah there's there's good humor some nice i feel like most everybody has a moment Except Topanga, but we're used to that by now. Yeah. Since season we've, two, I don't think she's had a moment. We've given up that dream. Well, Topanga was great in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've had one good Topanga in a season. She acted as a voice of reason in this episode. It, that was ignored. It, that was ignored. She was only there to be the straight woman to make the comedy better. Pop. And it and it happened. I mean, it did. Yeah. Um, Do you want to give us a synop of the episode? I, I will. So we are at the conclusion of a storyline no one asked for. <laughs> um, the storyline no one wanted. It is uh, as anticlimactic as that statement would lead you to believe. Um, but Alan is fed up with being a grocer. About time. <laughs> Whoever would want to be a grocer. So he quits his job. And <laughs> as B-plot is Corey is worried that this will make him poor. We'll get there. <laughs> We'll get there. Um, and 
uh, Alan and Eric are off to find new employment as their own boss. Mm-hmm. Um, hilarity ensues. Yeah. There's a lot of funny moments. Um, I wouldn't say it's a laugh riot episode, but no. it's it's got it's got its humor. Um, this episode really interested me because there's really only six scenes, or at least like six parts. Alan and Alan's story has three parts, and um, Corey's story has three parts. Um, it's it, it's just very strangely structured. There's like I'm fed up with my job. I quit my job. Like the next Alan scene is like looking for a new job. Looking for a new job. Explaining why the job is disappointing. Going camping. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah, next part. It, it's true. It is. I feel like it's like is there, are they just putting commercial breaks in these spots? Yeah. It's like the first time we're really noticing. I feel like they're really turning the knob up to eleven on like the schmaltzy music, like the melodrama mm-hmm. of it all. Like this is the first time when I feel like I really noticed that. Um, especially with well, only with the Allen stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like this is a very different show. A maybe a more traditional like George Lopezy show where yes when I think sitcom <laughs> standard sitcom I think George Lopez well but also like Home Improvement um, Family Matters to an extent before it became all about Urkel um, like like the Cosby Show Cosby Show it's about the dad and his relationship to everybody and Corey really just exists again for comedic relief which is where Corey he shines to shine yeah, yeah. i think he does he does i i yeah <laughs> um cory should always be the side character i don't know that i, I don't think want i want alan to be the main <laughs> character but yes if i had a show that was about eric and sean yeah i'd like that yeah and cory was like the bridge between them or something um i just found this a very like interesting episode structurally because of all that mm-hmm. like I don't. I can't think of another episode where Alan is going to be the main character. Like, I think this is it. I think this is the last one. And I think the last one to do this was on the fence. And even that was kind of equal time with Corey and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Corey and Alan. Yeah, I don't feel like Alan has really had that, which is fine. Which is fine. Like yeah. season one, he was okay, but basically after that, you're like, all right, Alan. Yeah. But and, and to be fair, this is the most likable Alan is. Mm-hmm. In the whole thing, but... Yeah, I liked him a lot better in this one than in previous ones dealing with this same issue. Yeah. Um, He's less insufferable. Yes. I mean, we still start out at the place, man, it's awful to be a grocer. Um, so let's start out with the the titular boy. Just go through his three parts, and then we can move well, I feel down. like they weave in pretty nicely. We can just go through it normal. Okay, we can. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I feel like it, it builds... I, I suppose it does. Yeah, it's not like these are completely disconnected storylines. I mean... In a sense, they are, but in a sense, they're not. Yeah, I mean, they really are disconnected. <laughs> the transition from the let's all go camping scene to the next scene where Corey's in, in the Chubby's. research lab? Oh. No, where he's at Chubby's. <laughs> uh-huh. Is really like, I don't know why that scene's there and not back here because mm-hmm. Corey like, is going to the camping store to buy something. Yeah, why is he at Chubby's? I don't know. <laughs> so, but anyway, we'll get there. Um, but that's fine. If you, we can go chronologically. I mean, yeah, let's just talk through it. It's it's easy to follow. Yeah. Um, the first, it's really two scenes, but the first like interaction in the kitchen mm-hmm. t- 
takes five minutes of a 23 minute show runtime. Yeah, that's a long one. It is a long scene. Um, it's not like a one or anything. Like, there's cuts and the scene transitions in the middle, but it's still like. Mm-hmm. They yeah, spend a lot of time. Yeah, with. they're setting it up quite a bit. Um, so Eric comes down the stairs. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's been a long time since I've done this. Amy's the only one in the kitchen. And he's just like, hold me, mommy. And he goes and gives her a big hug. Yeah. And he seems distraught. Um, she's like, oh, I didn't get the job. So already setting up that Eric's looking for a job. And he's like, it wasn't just any job. It was the Gap. I'm Gap. <laughs> he's like, pants Gap. Hair Gap. Look at me. I'm Gap. Even in the shower, I'm Gap. Even in the shower, I'm Gap. And uh, it is my favorite Eric moment of the entire episode. <laughs> It's when he's like, I'm Gap. It's very funny. Uh-huh. And he's like, I told them like a monkey could do this job. Yeah. And Corey comes downstairs. You, last night was the weirdest thing. I was walking by the Gap and they got a monkey selling jeans. <laughs> I gave them that idea. <laughs> um, and then we immediately forget about Eric's problems. Uh-huh. Um, they come back. They do. The Gap, no. The Gap. The problems, yes. Um, I was not into fashion in the 90s. And still all my clothes come from Walmart. Yeah, you wear flannel and Hawaiian shirts, apparently. (laughs) Um, So, uh, the Gap? Big thing? Was this like when they were first becoming a thing? Um, I feel like they were a thing. I don't know nothing about the Gap. I know that there's the baby Gap. Yeah, I feel like the Gap's kind of iconic. I feel like you have have three tiers Mm -hmm. of Gap. And Gap is sort of the middle, mid-end. Middle, middle end. And a step below that, you have Old Navy. Typically a little more affordable. Same general styles. Maybe a little bit less than the gap above that. And then above that, you have Banana Republic. And those are all three owned by the same like parent company. And so they kind of exist to fill three sort of niches. You have like low fashion, common everyday clothes, a little bit more fashionable, and then like more high end, fancier where, stuff. Where does Walmart fit? Way down here, I, at the bottom. I buy my right, a step at, above Dollar Tree. I buy my clothes at Walmart <laughs> because uh-huh. I only really buy clothes when I'm there to get groceries anyway. And I see a new Hawaiian or flannel shirt. Apparently so. <laughs> That's when I buy clothes. Now I want to establish a ranking. Walmart's at the bottom, oh. like of course. But but then it's probably like your Targets and your Old Navies. I would say are on a similar tier. Um, Target just has generally more fashionable stuff than Walmart. Walmart stuff isn't bad. It's inexpensive, typically of a good quality, just not super good. Um, I will move on under protest. Then you have like your old navies and Targets are kind of another tier. You could probably put like a PacSun in there. Is PacSun still a thing? Uh huh. Isn't they have it in our mall? You act like. I- we, you, you've, you've told me recently you went there. I've been there one time. They have a store called Lids, and that makes it already obsolete. You gotta get your hat wear, man. Um, let's see. Probably in there you might have like more some of your skater stores, which is sort of your pack sun. Your journeys, your zoomies. They're all kind of in there. Um, you could be making these up, and gap, I have no idea. You probably have like um, H&M in there with Gap. That seems dirty. No. That you're thinking something different. Um, no, H&M's fine. Um, probably around that same tier, you have your Abercrombies and your American Eagles, Aeropostale. I like girls who wear Abercrombie and Fitch. I know you do. That's why I, I listed it. I'd take her if I had one wish. Mm-hmm. One, but only one wish, <laughs> and that's what you'd wish for? She's been gone since that summer. Since what that a, summer. What a waste of a wish. I like the color um, of purple macaroni and cheese. 
Then you have like your Banana Republic. And I'd say at that level, you also have, say, J. Crew, probably like, um, I'm blanking on some other places. I was thinking it's named this whole time, and I'm like, it would be at the Banana Republic tier, and I'm just blanking on what it is. We also have it in our mall, American Cookie Company. We'll just say American Cookie Company. Burlington Coat Factory? Uh, no. And then there's even a step above, I would say, like your Banana Republics and such that are like high-end like Neiman Marcus and Saks Fifth Avenue and like nonsense, nonsense levels of money clothes. And like your Lacoste and like your real, real fancy brands. And then probably even above that, you have like your Louis Vuitton, your Burberry, Coach. I know what a Birkin bag is. Yes, you do. Anyway, this has been Cameron's Fashion Corner. Um, Um, It's all gospel. Here's what I know. true. I went into a store the other day called Metro Shoe Warehouse. Uh And I was like, oh, a shoe store. Walked in, clothes everywhere. Mm -hmm. Metro Shoe Warehouse. There's lots of shoes there, too. I mean, you gotta go through all the clothes to find them. Chance is a simple man of simple tastes. He likes to shop at the Old Navy and below tier. We've already established he likes the Walmart tier. I, I am I am a Walmart tier. Um, That's like a G tier. JCP uh, clearance rack? Hmm. I'll do the JCP clearance well, rack. You have your JCPenney's. Dillard's is probably... They like to imagine that they're around like a Banana Republic tier. And they probably are because their stuff's expensive. Macy's is probably a step below that. Huh. This has got me thinking. Where's JCP? JCP's probably around a, between a Target and a Walmart. But between it's better. It's Walmart. Target is better than JCP. Wow. Yes. Wow. You heard it here first. Sears is down there with Walmart. Doesn't Sears sell appliances? Yeah, they also sell clothes. Most of what's survived of their business though is more of the appliance stuff. But they might just be gone entirely at this point. I remember Sears when I was a kid, but I only remember appliances. They had clothes too. Oh. Wow. Anyway, again, fashion corner with cameron and metro shoe warehouse is only half shoes mm-hmm. don't even get me started on where Coles goes because i don't know but burlington coat factory has more than great coats yeah a burlington how did we get here um and why do you keep encouraging me because <laughs> it's fun i'm gonna me. have to go to tier maker and make a tier ranking <laughs> you should this is the tier list everyone needs everyone I'll, needs to know i'll tweet it I'll do it later. I'll tweet it. Anyway. <laughs> no, do it right now in the middle of our episode. No, well, what don't. is the name of that store? I can't remember. Let me see if I can find it on the menu. Wait, it's really... It, it's the most important thing. I'm our gonna, listeners need to know. <laughs> I'm going to stop encouraging you now. Is it the buckle? No, buckle's like... It wishes it... It has like J. Crew aspirations, but it's a... Uh, it ain't there. <laughs> so I'll tell a story to fill for time. Thank you. Um, I went to... shop. The world of shopping is a new world for me. Like a whole new world. Um, I was trying to describe a store to my mother. I may have told this story on air before. I'm not sure. And this was months ago. I was trying to describe a store for her. And I realized like I don't even have the vocabulary to do so. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what the words are. I She was like... It was this local store. It's called like Human Interaction or something like that. And, I, and they, she was like, what do they sell? And I was like... Clothes and things. And, and like, I, I had just been in the store so I could see it all. But I realized I don't have vocabulary for that. Like, I really don't. 
Um, and I, I was walking, and my mom was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I can name for you the first 20 emperors of Rome and tell you who my favorites were, but I don't have the basic vocabulary to describe the inside of a store. <laughs> Like, it felt really weird. But anyway, I went into a store today, uh, a couple of days ago, ago called Ulta. Your makeup? Have you been to this place? Mm-hmm. It's nuts. There's all these colors and things that I don't know what they are or what they do. Oh, Chance, I'm so glad you didn't tell the story when Lainey was on. <laughs> Lainey would have schooled me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm about to. No, I'm not going to. The store is called Express. Oh. Express has um, some... It's aspirational... It's probably up there with your banana. It's not a Banana Republic tier. Is that is that where Buckle is? No, Buckle is further down in the mall. Buckle is at like a Target tier. Oh, no, Buckle's probably on the same tier as say your Abercrombie, maybe slightly below. If I could have half tiers, I'd put it there. I won't sing the LFO song again. Thank you. Ruby red slippers and a bunch of cheese. Anyway, Eric doesn't get a job at the Gap. (laughs) All that to say. Uh, he's Gap. He is Gap. I don't understand. I mean, that very comfortably describes the Matthews family. They are Gap. They are right in the middle. Yep. They are comfortable, in the words of Corey. Yeah. I would argue they're a little more than comfortable based on some financial decisions that they make later in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get there. They're probably more Banana Republic. <laughs> they're the banana. Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, um. Anyway, who does Eric think Morgan he is? Matthew comes. Broderick or something. <laughs> Sure. I don't know where that came I, from. I don't either. <laughs> Made me laugh, though. Um, I guess that's the point of our comedy podcast. <laughs> anyway, Alan comes down complaining about things as he does. Um, and Morgan comes and says, I need $25 for a class picture. Because mm-hmm. everybody else has turned it in and I haven't. Um, and they said they're going to airbrush me out, which is not how class pictures work. Uh, every kid has to pay $25 for the class picture? You don't have to pay for it at all. You don't have to get one. What? Oh, I, I just thought it was like for the class to get a picture. No, you just, the school brings in the photographer and then you pay, you get your picture taken and then you can pay to get it or not. Hmm. Um, yeah. And Corey also wants $25 because he has school pictures too. And his dad says, what grade are you in? And here's where it comes. He says he's in the 11th grade. We know for a fact, I mean, we're taking a little bit of future knowledge into account. He is not 16 yet. Well, no, he's not. He, we've already determined how he is 15. Mm-hmm. But here we are with another year older. Yeah. In t- at least in terms of school. Yeah. And... Um, I believe they said in Brother Brother that he is three years younger than me, Um, which Eric was 18. We know he was 18 because just a few episodes before that he turned 18. Um, We he has said he is 15. Um, Yeah, he said he's 15. Even the he's three years younger than me is a is like off the mark of where earlier he is. He uh, is four years older than him. Um, and they, they they say that in, I think, season one or two. Mm-hmm. So we've already got that. We've, we've fixed that problem with Sean Yes, because he's in sixth grade and his brother's a sophomore. Yeah. And so yeah. they shortened it to three years. Now they're expecting us to believe it's two years? Well, I don't know that they are. So I guess we have to assume right now, not taking any future knowledge into account, that Corey is in 11th grade. I think later episodes will contradict that, mm-hmm. and we will say that is just Corey having a slip of the top. How long 
were they in Pottstown? Yeah, yeah. How long were they in Pottsville? Pottsville Town. Pottsville. They should have called it Pottsburg. Was it Pot? It's Potts. Pottstown. It's Pottstown? I thought it was Pottsville. Yeah, it's Pottstown. I've got to look this up because I don't believe you. Fill for time. Chances wrong. It is Pottstown. They should have called it Pottsburg because that's really funny because you have Pittsburgh in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, but it's Pottstown and Drew kept saying it wrong, which is why I think it got in your head that way. Um, Pottstown. It is Pottstown. Largest yogurt cup. See? Pottstown is... Oh, yeah, you've made the thing in everything. Pottstown doesn't sound as good as Pottsville. Or no, just, but... Or just Potts. Potts, Massachusetts. Potts... I don't even know what to do with you right now. <laughs> um, yes, so... We're just going to assume Corey goofed. What? We? I don't think we can right now, based on our own... We're just news. saying he is. Like, he's in 11th grade. Yeah. As of now. We're just... I guess they skipped through sophomore year. Um... Maybe all that stuff with Topanga. We have no reason to believe it didn't happen in the beginning of junior year. Maybe Eric's been unemployed for a year and nothing interesting happened sophomore year. It rarely does. So Sophomore slump. Apparently, this is something I've been learning from high school teachers. High school boys are the worst sophomore year. Like, they are, they are terrors sophomore year. And then normally come back junior year, so much more chill. Hmm. I've been learning... Why? I've been learning that working at a high school. I haven't experienced it yet for myself. But I don't know. Guess we'll see. Anyway, um, right now, I think based on our own rules, we have to assume that. But I, I guess we'll think, make it. We'll have to adjust later. Yeah, I think later it will reveal he is in tenth grade, and we will have the easy out. Corey just messed up when he spoke. Okay, we'll keep that one in our back pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Um, when we make the official timeline, I'm interested to see how this little blip comes up on it. <laughs> I don't know. That was me making a line in the timeline that no one could see. It's true. It was great. Visual comedy is my favorite, and none of you get to see it. None of you do. It's just for chance. Um, But yeah, so he's like, fine, take. I'll work Sundays, even though I'm not thrilled working there weekdays. And this is the woe is me. I hate my job. Mm -hmm. Which, again, is understandable. Sure. We've all been there. Yeah. Or we'll be there, um, probably. But it's just like... Okay, here we go again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, you, you kind of feel for him. Yeah, you, it's, it's the least, like, insufferable he's been about this whole thing. It's true. And he's not like, I'm a grocer and that sucks. He's just like, this is work I don't love. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's understandable. Yeah, sure. It's just like, in general, like, I'm not happy doing my job. Yeah, and it seems like, I don't know what kind of grocery store Alan is working for. Because he seems to be the boss, but have access to a boss. So maybe maybe they aren't moving him into middle management in the company. Um, and he's like, I'm just going to be the store manager of the store forever because they won't... They Maybe he's like, I don't have a degree and they won't move me up to like... Mm-hmm. Like a regional, regional manager or something like that. Yeah. There's not really a room for movement. Yeah. Or maybe it's like a chain and it's just one boss and then all the store managers. Like it's just a small regional chain. But for whatever reason, Alan doesn't see growth possibility. He doesn't see any way out. Mm-hmm. So he's talking with Amy and he says, I'm going to go ask for a raise. Because even if I'm miserable, at least I'll make a little more money. Um, so he says, and I'm not coming back into this house until I get it. Mm-hmm. And he walks out the door, scene transition. He's standing, he's standing, standing outside the door at night. Sad. <laughs> and he, he's very sad. Yeah, out. Morgan's like, why is dad standing outside? 
Yeah, they're all eating dinner at the dinner table. Yes, and so Amy goes and like lets him in, and she's like, I take it you didn't get the raise. He's like, no, I got it. I just walked in, and I said we should talk. He said, how's $5,000 sound? And he says, that sounds good. I probably could have asked, gotten more out of him. And she's like, why don't you call and talk to him right now? He's like, oh, that wouldn't do any good because I quit. <laughs> just straight up quit his job. What does Alan think he is? Matthew, Matthew Broderick or something? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I almost said something about the mummy, but that's Brendan Fraser. <laughs> it's true. I don't know why Matthew Broderick came to mind. I'm not even 100% sure who that is. Paris Bueller. Oh, okay. It makes sense. He's cool. He is cool. He's also Inspector Gadget. Slightly he... less cool. Mm. I mean, Inspector Gadget as a concept is cool. Yeah. Inspector Gadget in that movie, not that great. I have not seen it since it came out. I remember not being as disappointed in it as I thought I would be. I mean, I don't feel like I can trust my uh, sensibilities when I was in like fifth and sixth grade, probably. It's true. It's true. It's a questionable time. Anyway, Alan does something very bold. Mm-hmm. So he just decides to quit his job, and he's like, and I've done it, and now is the important time for discussion after the decision's been made. Yes. Um, yeah, and at this point, you're kind of like, is Amy about to walk out? <laughs> is she about to kill him? She's like, I get to make a big decision. <laughs> and he's like, what decision? She's like, don't know. I don't know yet. Um, but don't worry, I'll talk about it with you after. after. And it's funny at this point, like Corey's like, "We're wait, you don't have a job?" And he's like looking out the window, "Bye bye car." And then they say, "Like Eric's gonna have to work to provide for the family." And Eric's like, "I'm responsible for the well-being of this family." And Corey turns around, "Bye bye house." <laughs> yes. <laughs> but in all this, Alan's like, "I'm gonna start a business." Or franchise a business or something. Uh-huh. Um, work for myself. Be my own boss. Be my own boss. And Eric's going to come work with me. Yeah, and I think that's when Eric says like he's responsible for the mm-hmm. well-being of this family and the bye-bye house. Yeah, bye-bye house. Um, and that's the scene. It takes a long time. Um, <laughs> it, it, it took is- a very long time. Especially, we, we talked about it, but... Corey goes on a list when Eric's talking about the gap and he says, and here's the tier list of all the places you can buy clothes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't start at the gap. Start at Old Navy. Old Navy. And work yes. your way up to the gap. <laughs> work your way up to the gap. That's what they do. They just send you up. Uh-huh. They, or bumping you up a tier. It's kind of like baseball. Mm-hmm. So you got to start with the farm team. <laughs> and then they might call you up to the majors. Um, you know, they got talent scouts out all the time kind of. Mm-hmm. managing the talent and preparing to move them up. I mean, it's a little-known fact about the clothing retail industry, but mm-hmm. eventually, I just blew it wide open. Eventually, you get to be a personal shopper like Rachel from Friends, mm-hmm. which I, is one of the most mind, mind-blowing concepts in the entire world to me, but we'll just... I mean, Stitch Fix has that. But yeah, but that's... That's like an online thing. Yeah. They just use an algorithm. They don't use a person. Well, they say you have your stylists. But I guess your stylist could be a computer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how Stitch Fix works. Never used it. They don't sponsor us. So they've never let us in on all that information. Actually, I've tried to sign up for Stitch Fix and they're like, oh, you're still at the Walmart tier. (laughs) Call us when you're at the Gap tier. You must be a Gap tier or above to apply for Stitch Fix. (laughs) (laughs) Is that... Now, I'm going to be completely honest. The reason that I buy flannel shirts... And Hawaiian shirts is because I've been told my whole life that I dress wrong no matter what I wear. And I don't know how to dress myself. So I was like, Luke always wears flannel and jeans. That's what I'm going to do. Like from Gilmore Girls? Yes. <laughs> okay. Just checking. He was... He, I mean, and people don't really complain about me wearing flannel and such. So I just kind of went with it. It became my thing. Mm-hmm. And 
It's really plaid. Most of my shirts aren't actually made of flannel. Yeah, I feel like it's a catch-all term. Yeah, because a lot of my shirts, I buy them because they are lighter and airier and are good for summer, even though they have long sleeves. So, but yes, it is important to note, I do not know how to dress myself. (laughs) (laughs) So I just came up with one thing that works and just went with it. Mm -hmm. It applies to every situation. It's true. My girlfriend did buy me a new shirt, though. Was it in your wheelhouse? You know, it was a little different, still button-up, short sleeve. It was this, like, cooling fabric. Like a seersucker? I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's a type of fabric. Well, it, it, it's very light. I feel like I'm barely wearing a shirt. Like I'm you're wearing. wearing a cloud. It's it's very nice. Um, I like it a lot. I'm glad. Branching out. Yeah, branching out. She's changing you, Chance. <laughs> For the better. For the better. For the better. It's purple. I like it a lot. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we cut to school the next day. Mm-hmm. And Corey is explaining everything to Sean. And Sean says, And to think you were my only rich friend. I guess he's not friends with Topanga. Yes. Um, I don't want to do spoilers for MVP. But every line out of Sean Hunter's mouth is pure gold. Especially this, this scene. This scene is just like, boom, 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 boom. In... In the next scene with the Sean and Corey in it, Sean does not once speak. Well, he does at the end. But at the beginning, he does not speak. But his presence mm-hmm. makes the whole scene so much funnier. It's so good. Yeah, Sean's in three scenes. Again, they're longer scenes, especially yeah. this first one. But each one of them is just like golden every word out of shot like when i when we talked about this episode has a lot of comedy it's got a couple of fun eric moments no amy and alan funniness no feeny funniness there's a little bit of feeny funniness oh yeah you do the math (laughs) you do (laughs) we'll talk about that you're gonna be uncomfortable anyway um but just sean hunter is the man with the golden tongue in this episode Oh man, that's what the girls in the school call him too. I mean, it's true, but yeah. So he's like, "You with your with your breakfasts in the morning, your lunches in the afternoon, your dinners at night, your eaters, eaters. your bunch of eaters." <laughs> Just his delivery of like, like this realize realization and mm-hmm. like building anger, like eaters, your eaters. I can't help it; they put the food in front of me. It's like it's okay. I'm going to help you learn how to be poor. Come with me. When's the last time you slept inside? Last night. I can't work with you. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be tough. You come from a world of many pants. <laughs> yes. uh, and he's like, we're comfortable, not rich. Indoor plumbing equals rich. <laughs> so I guess he thought he was pretty rich when he was with Turner. All I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's this, the whole ep- this whole scene. There's I mean, nothing or yeah, substance in it. Yeah, but yeah, the, and then it transitions to it Eric. It transitions to Eric. But it's just kind of this set up like... Sean is going to help Corey adjust to being poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who better to teach you? Who better to teach you than Sean? Um, and then Eric comes in. He's like, oh, hey, what, what's up? I don't know why. Maybe it was the mindset I was in. Maybe it was because Sean had just been such a delight. Eric's whole like, hey, how are you? Hey, nice to see you. You, Hey, you, you do that thing. I hated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, stop. Just- and I mean, there's just, there's that, like, Kid who's graduated comes back and like thinks they're a hot shot, but it's just like everyone's moved on. Yeah. Or like the kid that goes to college and all they're like is like in high school and high school and high school wearing their letter jacket or whatever. Um, it's just like okay, like like Troy from Community. Yeah, I mean they make a whole thing. It's very fun. <laughs> I, I like Troy a lot. He's probably the best character. 
No, Abed's or one the of them. Abed, I mean, yeah, Abed. Troy and Abed, though. They're a unit until season five. And then they're not a unit anymore. Well, season five is then stupid, I guess. Season five is actually not that bad. Season four is terrible. Hmm. Anyway, yes. It was... I don't know why, but watching it, I found it so obnoxious. <laughs> I was just like, stop. Yeah. Stop talking, Eric. He's like, Mr. Feeney, how you doing? Bye and bye. Fine. Bye and bye. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is... It is rare that Will Friedle's, like charisma like fails the character, mm-hmm. and I may be I may have hated this scene more than I should have, but like I just was like I don't know it rubbed me the wrong way for some reason I can't even fully explain why, but like the the by and by thing the how be- dismissive he becomes with Feeney like oh I was gonna set up a tutor but. Now I'm going into the family biz, so my future is set. Mm, what is the family business? I don't, I don't know. Like, and why are you there if you're not going to set up a tutor? Like, just like don't you come. could just tell Mr. Feeney through your back door <laughs> at any old time. Yeah, I don't know why he's there. I guess they just didn't want to make a scene transition. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It would cut into their long one. I don't know. If, yeah. if you think I'm being too harsh on this. Go ahead and tweet at us. Be like, it wasn't that bad of a scene. It's probably not that bad. I feel like it's more expository than anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like they try to make it. But like, as we already said, like Sean is just like absolutely crushing it. So we already have like one curtain haired himbo just yes. performing at his top, top, top tier. Yeah. And then we have our other curtain haired himbo just not really hitting the marks mm-hmm. at the same level. And so it feels even like the gap is even broader. He is the gap. In this one. <laughs> this episode is going to be called Boys Meet the Gap. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I, like, the minute this scene was going on, like, when he was like, hey, you, I'm not talking to you. I was just like, I want this to be over, actually. Please stop. <laughs> I would rather watch a recycle yard fire than continue to watch. A what now? I don't know. Like, a recycling yard on fire. Like, where they take recyclables? I- Cameron, I said random words. Oh, I thought this was an actual thing. <laughs> no. This does remind me. That just reminded me of something. Um, I s- it, it was just an ism. Like, I would rather watch a deer pee on a tree. Mm-hmm. There was a fire at Universal Studios. Oh. And on the Minions ride in particular. And this is the picture from it. Like, there's the fire. And there's just this Minion's head poking up out of the top of the building with the fire billowing all around. It's true. You should all look up this picture. There's like a smiley face somewhere, too. Well, I think it's people's Facebook reactions. as It's on oh. Facebook Live. And they're like, yeah, there he is. Just the Minion burning the <laughs> building down. <laughs> That's what that made me think of. Um, anyway. Yeah, so... Um, Eric sets up that they're going to be going to the Be Your Own Boss convention at the Airport Comfort Inn. Yeah, but it's like a Be Your Own Boss, like, products and franchises. Mm -hmm. So it's like... Not really being your own boss. Yeah, franchising is such a weird concept. Mm -hmm. Because you are your own boss. It's like you are, but you're not. Yeah. You are, but it's not your own thing still. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's really weird. It's like, I I don't know, but they're going to it. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, so they're going. They're going to go to that. So he doesn't need a tutor. So he's out of there. Cool. Yeah, it's funny. He's like at the airport, comfort in, and he's like, "Oh, where dreams are born." Yeah, where <laughs> dreams are born. Um, so I guess the next scene is them there. Yeah, right? they're there. Yeah, and they're looking at the list. Eric and Alan, and um, Alan's like, "Well, I've worked in food all my life, so I want to cut out everything from spaghetti in a bag to das falafel sergeant." And then you see like this German Kaiser. Yeah. 
with a tray. He's got a hat the, with a spike, spike on it. It's funny. You didn't see the spaghetti in a bag, but I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, it's spaghetti in a bag. Mm-hmm. Don't know how that works. Man, I would go to town on some spaghetti. Is right it now. a fast food place? Is it like uh Oh, I thought I was thinking frozen spaghetti in a bag. Oh, I was thinking like, I got my spaghetti bag. Oh, no. Oh, You okay. just cut a hole in the bottom and you just slurp. Do you remember, I don't think they lasted very long, but like, uh, what, what's it called? Hamburger Helper? Had like even easier Hamburger Helper. It was like frozen, already made Hamburger Helper that you just like poured into a skillet, added like a cup of water and... I'm not seeing those for Hamburger Helper. I like those from like other things, like a Bertoli dinner for two, like skillet meal. You don't add water or anything, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. I, th- I love the idea. But I feel like hamburger helpers are already not that hard. Yeah. It's kind of like Pop-Tart microwave instructions. It's like you microwave them for three seconds. When we were in... It's just like, what's even the, the point? Like, it doesn't take that long to toast a Pop-Tart. It's true. And it's better to just eat it plain than to microwave it. Yeah. I, I tried the, the hamburger helper in a bag thing in college and I was like, I'm just going to make hamburger helper. I liked the idea that I didn't have to buy milk. Whenever I buy milk, it goes bad because I just don't drink it. Like I use it on cereal sometimes and sometimes I'll use it to bake with. Mm-hmm. So don't like buying no, milk. No, we burn through milk at our house. I bet you do. You got kids and you like to drink milk, right? Mm-hmm. So does Sarah. When I, man, I was like 10 or 11 and suddenly the idea of drinking a glass of milk became repulsive to me. I can get down on some chocolate milk every once in a while. Strawberry milk on a blue moon. But the idea, of, the idea of like just a glass of milk, I don't know why, but it is pretty repugnant to me mm-hmm. um don't know why okay sorry for your sad existence <laughs> um but I, there are... I feel like i'm in the mi- majority here actually no no i drink milk and i'm happy <laughs> i'm a milk i'm a milk fed beauty um but anyway yes uh, so they're sitting there he says i don't want anything to do with food and eric says well, i've been in school my whole life so i don't want anything where you have to shower with guys which i, I don't want to shower around other people i get it I get it, too. Um, oh, did you shower around guys in your high school? Cause no, but I didn't have gym, so... Oh, you didn't have gym at all? Uh-uh. We did four years of gym in middle school, and we had a changing room, so we had to change in front of guys, but we weren't supposed to mm. take showers. Yeah, in, like, seventh grade, I did, like, sports. So we had, like, football and basketball, and I quit mid-basketball season. But there were, like, showers, and hmm. go hit the showers. And I was like, mm. It wasn't about... Th- that isn't what sent me away. It was the fact that... At that point, basketball became aggressive, and I'm not aggressive, just in general. So we started, like, learning to take charges and stuff, and I was just like, I think I'm done. And I joined the choir and had a good time. It's true. There should have been a show choir for you. That was where your real heart lied. (laughs) Jazz hands. Jazz hands. Mm -hmm. Jazz square. Jazz other stuff. I've only seen three episodes of Glee. I'm pretty sure, anyway. That's about enough. Um, But it, it, it seems like it should be your life. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Um, as you're watching Community, they do have a Glee episode. Oh. Because Community had big beef with Glee. Because they were on a, they ran at the same time, like, in in the years. Not, like, at the same time slot. But, uh, and Glee won all the awards. And Community didn't. Glee and, won awards? Mm-hmm, Glee won a lot of awards. It's such trash. It's just the, the way that it was. But there was always, like... A beef there but season three christmas episode is a glee musical themed episode and it's a lot of fun when we are done with boy meets world should we do a glee hate watch podcast i don't know um i still want to do tgi tgif oh i like that you didn't tell me the title you've oh, told yes. me the concept 
TGI TGIF. Yeah. Thank God is thank God is Friday. I love it. I love. We'll get there. I mean, we're already doing our first show in TGIF. <laughs> we could start a podcast network called that. To get GIF. Oh yeah. Okay. Or to get GIF, depending. Choosy mom to and j- dads. To get GIF. Choosy mom and dads. Choose GIF. Choose to get GIF. Um. But yeah. So anyway, all of that to say, <laughs> all of that come back around. <laughs> such a seamless transition. Um, they say that, and some guy comes up behind them and is like, I think I've got just what you need. It's poo-pourri. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, isn't a bad idea. If you're going to get down and spray poop and make it smell better, you I might as well, as well pick, pick it, it up. up. But, I mean, in terms of, like, a pet deodorizer. Sure, but would... not one you spray poop with. That's true. But I'm, I do feel like the name is good, too. And I feel like the name exists, because I remember... Every summer when we go to my wife's aunt's lake house, she has a little spray bottle in the bathroom that says poo-pourri on it. So I just can't help but think that they watched this episode. They probably did. It was probably a real company, and they decided to pivot after this episode because they were like, oh, that does sound awful, actually. <laughs> but he <laughs> just got, make a, a bathroom spray. Though he does give a very similar to many Shark Tank pitches. Mm-hmm. Pitch. If everybody, <laughs> If every pet owner in America bought this... A forty million dollar industry. It would be the biggest company in America. It's like I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) true. But here's the problem. Now, here's the other thing, though. You change this marketing a little bit, make it about uh, spraying litter boxes. Mm, Litter boxes are the worst. You've actually got you've you got actually, something. Actually, got something. Um, Litter boxes don't need to be cleaned immediately. They can smell awful. Mm -hmm. Um. So, Guy, get at me. We'll go on Shark Tank. I don't know if Shark Tank is still a thing. I think so. That Kevin guy, he just seems like the worst. I've never watched a single episode of Shark Tank. Oh, okay. I just know Mark Cuban is on it. Oh, he is. I only barely know who that is. He owns the Mavericks? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, So then we cut to back to the house, and Eric is like, I want this to be my life. Ogner's House of Strudel. Yeah. Episode brought to you by them today. Um, Big money in Strudel. They just want you all to know about it. You know, if you opened this in like a college town near a college campus, oh, you'd clean up. You actually could make some money. College kids are always looking for like the next um, niche bakery item. Yeah, like a weird place to go. I mean, you couldn't just do strudel. You'd have to do like coffee, coffee and strudel or something. Oh yeah. Um, but like, we have three German restaurants in our town. Mm-hmm. In our college town. Well, I know the one. What are the other two? Uh, Royal Bavarian. Oh, yeah. I don't even consider that Norman. Apparently, it's the best one. Apparently, it's, it's I mean, incredible. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, das Boot. Might as well go to Das Boot Camp because it's so much closer. It is. Uh, das Boot Camp. <laughs> and uh, there's one on the west side. I forget what it's called. Who cares about the west side of Norman? A bunch <laughs> of eaters. <laughs> yeah. They are a bunch of rich people. <laughs> That's a land of many pants over there. We are about as far east in Norman right now and where I live as you go. West Norman sucks. <laughs> um, a bunch of richy riches over there. I think we, they're better than everyone. We are the poors. And um, we like it that way. <laughs> we're comfortable. We're well, well, chance isn't comfortable. I was like, I, I literally live at a homeless shelter. <laughs> he only owns flannels and Hawaiian shirts. Um, and one pair of pants. I own three pairs of pants. Wow, impressive. I almost always have three pairs of pants. I have a black pair, a light pair, and a dark pair. Look at you. At almost all times. Um, sometimes I have been less. Right now, I just got a hole in my light pair. Oh, no. I know. This is a disaster. To Walmart I go. <laughs> go and pick up your hamburger helper. <laughs> Get yourself some pants. 
Get yourself an oil change if you got a car. I don't even remember the last <clears> time I had hamburger helper. Do love it though. I do. I know hamburger helper is a contentious food item. I love it. I like it. I'm a fan. Um. Anyway, my problem was when I made it like post college is I would just eat the whole thing. I would too. <laughs> which is one really bad for you, and two a crap ton of food. It's true. And three like just not as economical <laughs> as if you just made it and ate a little bit of it. Maybe yeah. like some a side item. Yeah, I really I try to make it last like in thirds i feel like that's more reasonable but i will often eat half two three-fourths of it sometimes all of it if i make it my Um, then future wife would give me a hard time about it yeah and she was right she was right so anyway uh a place a strudel place placed in the right location yeah you could do well i feel like this seems unmanageable Mm -hmm. because he said something like 140 kinds of strudel and they promised me a new one every month yeah. That's I, just like, that is unmanageable. I feel like it'd have to be a rotating system. It's something. That's or just, something. It's too much. We have 30 flavors at a time, and it goes and it goes. I'm just saying, we have this street that's very trendy in Oklahoma City, um, 23rd. It's got like... Parts of it are. Well, but it's got the like... The Paseo area. And yeah. And all of that. It's, it's got like a really cool pizza place, Empire Slice, and like there's some theater troops there. Oh, that's that's not even 23rd Street. That's oh. the Plaza District. Oh, I'm thinking, what, what's the street? Is it like 14th or something like that? Um, no, it'd be like probably 20th, 18th, something like that. Oh, the street is what I've always heard. But anyway, it's got some trendy bars. It's got this cool area. And they've just got like this pie shop. There is never not a line at this pie shop. I mean, yeah, the, my parents live right over there. The pie is incredible. Don't get me wrong. There's a reason. But I feel like the strudel thing, it'd be... Yeah, you'd just be right there. It'd People be like sort of a single-serve, interesting, flavorful, delicious bakery item. Yeah. Ooh, a strudel food truck. Clean. You'd clean We're up. going into business, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ogner's, ha- Ogner's food truck of strudel. Yeah. It's not a house. A food truck with coffee strudel ice cream. You've got the magic ticket. <laughs> Anyway, Eric is saying this, and then Corey says, A man, a Bavarian man named Ogner now controls my destiny. Sean warned me about this. Yes. <laughs> the funniest moment in the entire episode. <laughs> Sean warned me about this. <laughs> now my future is in the hands of a Bavarian man named Ogner. Sean warned me about this. Um, one of two examples of Sean being amazing and incredible. Not even there. Not even, yeah, not speaking. <laughs> um, um, and then Alan's like, this is what I wanted to do. And it was like Rapid Mart. Mm-hmm. It was basically like a convenience store. And Amy's just like, no. Like, this is essentially the same thing that you're doing now. Although, when is the last time you saw a convenience store that had lettuce? Because it depends on what the convenience is. Well, the the convenience store was right behind them mm-hmm. in the... It sort of looked like a small grocery store. Sort yeah, of it, it did. It looked like more of a 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I gotta say, I could see, not so much in a suburb, but if you had, like, an urban area, especially, like, a food desert, to have, like, smaller mm-hmm. places where you could have <clears throat> fresh produce, like, not a huge store, so not a big overhead for, like, retail space, but, like, where you could have some of those fresher food items. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that'd be a really good service and you'd probably do pretty well. I um, mean, just like benefit the community to have something like that. Like a bunch of smaller ones spread out so people are able to get to them by walking. They don't have to go and buy a whole lot. Mm-hmm. They can just buy enough for like a couple of days. And I think I, that doesn't, I mean, I'm sure someone would tell me it's a bad idea, but it seems like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I feel like 
Yeah, I think that would be good. Maybe they can build it by Sean's trailer park. Yeah. <laughs> Change the world. Bunch of small, convenient, 7-Eleven-style uh, grocery stores. The one thing I would worry about is taxes. Because I know grocery stores and convenience stores have different taxes, and it's much higher on convenience stores. Mm, I mean, in some states, grocery stores don't have taxes at all. Mm, yeah. Like Massachusetts didn't. It was awesome. So, you know, there'd be... There'd but be even trips. at, like, you went to Target, like, your Target non-grocery items wouldn't be would be taxed but your grocery items wouldn't be taxed hmm. so maybe it depends on the item yeah more than the well, place he, you're buying it so here well, Oklahoma sucks yeah here it is um the the actual store itself the income is taxed more the, that the store makes if it's a convenience store or a grocery store from what I understand at least so the prices of things are more expensive at convenience stores because they're not going to make as much money off of them if not. Mm. So it's not like you don't pay taxes as a person. But the company does. Yeah, the company Which would does. Be what, yeah. So anyway, all that to say, you're learning a lot more about business from us right now than you are going to learn from this episode. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questionable things in this episode. We're going to get to some more. They gave Eric a ton of strudel. Yeah. I don't know how. It's funny though. And so but Eric is like, no. This is this is it. And Alan just goes, nap time. Yes. Yeah, you're right. And Eric goes off. And then Amy's like again telling Alan, like, I don't think you should do this. He's like, why are you stopping me from doing something that I kinda sorta maybe want to do? Yeah. She's like, well, with that sort of passion, yeah. who am I to stand in your way? Um, I feel like Amy is talking sense here. Yeah. She's not wanting Alan to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. Like she wants him to be successful and feel like he's contributing and doing what he needs to do and like providing for the family. But she doesn't want him to in like six months after starting this new endeavor be in the exact same boat. Yeah. And she's like, you're going to be that way here because this is the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm working for myself. You're still doing the same thing that you were doing before. Yeah. Um, this is where we can kind of get into the weird structure of this episode to me. Because like it's a very three act structure. Which I don't feel like we see in Boy Meets World very often. But you've got, like, the problem is introduced. Then in this scene, you've got the trial that they go through and the, like, attempted way that they're going to solve it, which is the next scene. And then in the last scene of this, you have, like, the unexpected resolution. Mm-hmm. Almost too quick. <laughs> yeah, almost too quick. We'll get there. But it's just, like, it's such, like, a movie structure, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you've got... So in the next scene... Alan is unzipping a bag. We'll get into the specifics here in a sec. But Alan is um, unzipping a bag and getting a, uh, a sleeping bag ready to go camping with Eric. It just seems like out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. And they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm doing this because I do my best thinking and I'll figure it out while I'm under the stars. So it's like we're setting up the, the false resolution that normally comes in a movie before like the actual resolution um you know like when they plan the heist but then the heist goes wrong Mm -hmm. yes your classic oceans 11 (laughs) scenario i once wrote a paper over oceans 11 and broke it all down i got a very good grade and yeah it's that three-act structure like here's the setup here's everybody in the team coming together here's them planning for the heist here's them actually going on the heist yeah and it kind of follow follows that pattern yeah and it, it follows it very well <laughs> the movie i was actually thinking of oddly enough was like equilibrium did I you don't think s- i've ever seen that oh it's like a matrix ripoff kind of but it's very good christian early christian bale um but like they like make this plan to do the thing but then it all goes wrong so he just shoots everyone at the end and that solves it yeah that sounds about right <laughs> america <laughs> um, i have a plan it goes wrong i shoot everyone it goes right um 
but it's kind of that whole idea of like you know that the false solution anyway it's just very odd it's a very movie like setup Mm -hmm. and maybe other episodes do have it and i just don't notice but because this is like alan Corey, alan Corey, alan Corey, it just sticks out very like yeah alan Corey, alan Corey. i wonder i wonder at what point do they start filming in front of a live audience Mm -hmm. because i could see the first episode being a no because there's a lot of outside scenes yeah. I could even see the episode two not either because Topanga cuts her hair. And I'm like, you got one go. You got one take. <laughs> you got one go at that. But here, just the way it's set up, mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of scene changes. Like I could see it being like, we're going to maximize our, uh, just like be very efficient mm-hmm. with the way that we lay out the scenes. There is even a new set reveal. And they could be like, it could be like a big deal and they want to reveal the new set in front of a live studio mm-hmm. audience or something. That could yeah. be. That could be. Could be, could be. Because I know for a few seasons they did live audience. Yeah, it's very hard to find information. Mm-hmm. I saw a person today say that they were at a, a taping for a season six episode. So they were at least doing it then. Interesting. The episode where Feeney gets married. Spoilers. Spoiler warning. That's, that's a really long time from now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. But then again, we're in season four. We're not lots. that far. It still feels to me like we're in season two, just because like the idea it's that we're like more than finally, halfway through. It's finally getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it could be. Anyway, I just think this episode has a weird structure. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird in how normal it is, kind of structure that I thought was worth pointing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's interesting here is. Amy's, Amy's like saying like you need to like do something that makes you happy, and then Alan's like it's not uh, something that you want to do, and Alan says it's not about what I want to do; it's my responsibility to this family. And it's just like where was this? <laughs> Every other episode where you're wrestling with this, you're like everything stinks, but you're like, but I'm doing what I need to for my family, mm-hmm. and so that makes it a good thing. Yeah, I mean it's very realistic because you often regress back to like things that are comfortable when you're in crisis. Mm-hmm. He probably went through the whole thing and realized like, oh, every idea here is crap except for this one. I know it, so I'm gonna retreat into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it, it it is interesting. Like that is the exact opposite of what you did in yeah. the first episode. First, uh, uh, every scene. other time this has come up, yeah, in every other episode. So. It's about your responsibility to the family. Cool. So then... Then uh, I noted sappy music. Mm-hmm. It was. It was sappy mm-hmm. music. That's when they're outside. Because he's, as you said, like somehow suddenly got the sleeping bag. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if there's been any time passing from when they were inside to now. Um, I noticed Alan's tie was undone. This one, but I don't remember if when they were inside of his tie was undone. He actually was tied, I remember. So but there's some time that has passed. At least a little bit, yeah. Uh, not a ton. It's the same day. But yeah. he's, he like leaves as in this conversation with Amy and goes outside. And then sometime later she comes out and he's like packing up. Yeah, he's packing up a sleeping bag. She's like, oh, you're like, you're taking off, huh? <laughs> We thought earlier that she was going to be the one to take off. Yeah. This is actually where she makes her big decision. He leaves and she changes the locks. Mm-hmm. That's her unilateral decision. It's true. This, this episode takes a dark turn. They start fighting for custody. Mm-hmm. No one wants custody of Eric. Alan runs off with Verna, Sean's mom, <laughs> and they're out on the road together. You're not supposed to know that name yet. Oh. Sean's mom. Beep. Beep. <laughs> Whoever. Um, yeah, so... I, Chet may have said it at some point. I'm not sure. I don't know. It literally is the next episode. Yeah, it's it's called Fishing for Verna. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
he's packing up, um, saying, like, she's right. He doesn't really want to do it. He does his best thinking under the stars. Which has come up zero times. Yeah. We do. He does go on a fishing trip with Sean. Yeah. Well, and it's like an annual thing because they hate going fishing with their dad. It's kind of established he's a little outdoorsy. Mm Mm-hmm. But this, they really hit the gas. They really do. Um, And I I can kind of see it. Yeah, I mean, he's like a man's man. Yeah. Getting out there in the wilderness. And, you know, can't really do it that often, so doing it probably, like, gives It's very special. Yeah. Yeah. Will boost. So he... Are you a camper? I hate sleeping on the ground. Yeah. I think it was coming back to George Lopez. It's like, you have to be like a certain level of rich to think it's fun to pretend to be poor. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. I have been camping like five times. I like sitting around a fire with friends. Mm -hmm. That's fun. I like that. I like... I like fishing to a certain extent. I'm not a huge fan. I don't know. I mean, yeah... I, I wouldn't want to do it forever, but I, I'd go fishing. Like, mm-hmm. fishing's fun. Being outside is nice. Yeah, like um, being outside. To an extent. Um, um, unless it's too hot. But, like, <laughs> I guess I would maybe enjoy glamping. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if I have the accoutrement yeah, to like, make it nice. If I had an RV with, like, a bed in it and a stove and a toilet, like, yeah, I can. Yeah, if I went camping like Tom Haverford in Parks and Recreation, you... Yeah. Don't know this, but he just orders a bunch of stuff off Sky Mall. Oh. And, uh, like, Sky Mall. Has okay. all this stuff, but then he ends up like draining all the car batteries, and so they're stranded there because he was like doing all this stuff. He had like a soft serve machine and a big screen TV and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Even in college, like, I was pretty over the idea of sleeping on the ground outside. Um, well, uh, and I, even that's not true. I can, like, if there's a nice field of grass, I can probably sleep in that outside. Yeah, but, but I'm just not, I'm not here for it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a camper. Um, Were you with us when we went with all the, the Bangladeshi students to Clifton's hometown? I don't think so. No, because we went camping then. And we, like, slept on the ground. Well, and it was fine. But I was just kind of like, I don't I don't love it. Yeah. I'll, I, we went, I think you were there, several, a few times. We went to the Arbuckles to camp. Nope. Uh, it was always led by our good buddy D-Hog, whose name is David Hogg, but not the one you're thinking of out there. No, <laughs> different David Hogg. <laughs> We're not friends with him. Never met him. Um, probably a nice guy. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but it was almost always done. And I went a few times, and I was just like, the fire part's good. I like a good s'more. Being with your friends is nice. Just being with people you like in a different environment. Less distractions. But at the same time, it's kind of like, and now I have to... I do love a good kayaking trip, though. Yeah, those are fun. I love a good kayaking trip. Um, I, I, I want to sleep somewhere inside... Especially after you've been on the water all day. Yeah. Like your body's really tired. You yeah. need a good rest. Yeah. I want to sleep somewhere inside at least minimum air mattress. And I actually really love my air mattress, so minimum is pretty high. I love a good fan, too. Um, yeah, a good fan. Ooh. And I could do that. Like, And I like a good hiking trip. I just don't want to sleep outside and be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cook beans over a fire and call it a good meal. A good hobo dinner. I'll do a good hobo dinner. Yeah, those are those are good, um, but that means I brought seasoning, and <laughs> whole bunch, of a stuff. bunch of stuff to go in there. So all that to say, no, not a camper, not fully anti outdoor. I'm not opposed to it. Well, I am myself. I'm not opposed to other people doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if, you, if you like that, have fun. It's probably not how I'm going to spend my precious vacation time. I'm gonna go to the beach. 
I'm going to go to a city somewhere that I haven't been to and explore yeah, see, the, see the sights. Um, but you, you, it, it is not going to happen where it comes up and I'm just like, man, I just want to go sleep outside. Just not. Mm-hmm. Now I think maybe it's because I've been poor all my life. He's done it. I have literally slept in a gutter before Ugh. in high school. Well, you made a lot of poor choices then, so I don't think we can hold it against you. I mean, if it's what you have to do to survive. I tend That's to different. Watch. That's not what Chance did, probably. No. Um, so that's what Alan's going to do. He's going to go camping. There's some sappy music, and they kind of stare off into the stars just wistfully, yep. sort of thinking about what might be haunted by the ghosts of their past. Yeah. Um, and then immediately... Immediate scene transition to a research lab. Yeah. Just an immediate scene transition to a research lab where Corey and Sean are in chairs with... Chairs with, like, a, like the haircutting apron-type yeah. things on. And Topanga's there, just like... Don't do this. Don't don't do this, you guys. I'll lend you money. And this is so funny. Like, Sean doesn't speak, but Corey is just like... Like, looks over at Sean, looks back at Topanga. Sean says, I have to learn to fend for myself. Yeah, I have to learn how to get money for myself. And she's like, well, then get a job. Looks at Sean. Sean says, I'm in no position to pay taxes right now. (laughs) Yeah. And then... Uh, she goes, uh, she says something and he goes, well, we'll see if you think that when I get my hundred bucks, hundred bucks for, uh, testing shampoo. Mm-hmm. Then Sean does talk mm-hmm. and he's like, they only tested on humans so they can say they didn't test it on animals. <laughs> yes. And at this point, a man in like a hazmat suit with tongs with a beaker of this green liquid glowing green liquid. comes around the corner. He gets up to them and the tongs slip and the, the glass guy. breaks on the floor and there's a puddle of green acid yeah it's like, it's like so- bubbling and then the alarms start the the klaxons yeah. ring, ring, ring. it is basically a cartoon scene uh-huh. and then all the scientists like run out of the room yeah it's like if, Cher- if it was chernobyl for hair yeah like hair noble hair, hair, hair noble exactly hair noble um yeah hair noble and the guys are just looking like maybe we made a mistake <laughs> Then the scene's over. Do you think they still got their hundred bucks? Yeah. They better. They better have gotten their hundred bucks. They got left to die. (laughs) They they did. With the acid shampoo. And and then um, the next scene is immediately Eric and uh, Alan coming home. Mm -hmm. She's like, man, that was great. Mm -hmm. That was a good time. (laughs) Nothing like waking up next to a big, beautiful lake. Mm -hmm. And Feeney says something maybe actually profound. Like, don't you wish you could capture that and put it on your desk? Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if just whatever it is for you of, like, this moment of clarity or this moment of escape and freedom and excitement for you and just to be able to have that sort of available to you, at least as a memory. Yeah, and it turns out, like, it turns out um, they didn't figure anything out. No. (laughs) It's also funny. Beanie's like, did you catch any fish? And they're like, actually, Eric did. Do you want to show him? And I pulls out a jar with a little goldfish in it. Yeah. It's like, I imagine he put up a heck of a fight. Uh, not really. I was washing out my toothbrush, my toothbrush cup, and he just kind of swam in. Yep. Um, <laughs> Lots of goldfish up there in Cedar Lake. Pennsylvania? Yeah. yeah. I looked it up. I couldn't find one. You couldn't find a Cedar Lake? Sad. Um, and then Feeney says something interesting. I guess he's given up fishing since we last knew. He did say he was an old angler mm-hmm. in the old fishing episode, so he doesn't. Yeah, because do he anymore. does like the where he casts it into the bucket. Yeah, because he's given he, up that life. He's given up his life, and uh, he he's like, uh, oh well, I guess I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But 
The family comes out, and he and Alan's like, the only bad part is that you weren't with me. Amy, so he's yeah. talking to Amy. not Feeny. And uh, he's like, let's go again. Let's go again, and, and next weekend, and you and the whole family comes. And Feeny's like, what, may I uh, suggest you do get a two-person tent? Uh, one of those two-person two sleeping, sleeping bags. bags. And they're like, oh, Feeny, how do you know about those? <laughs> I like, go camping. I don't fish. You do the best. <laughs> Feeny gets it. <laughs> Feeny with the dentist mm-hmm. and the camping, the camping and going to the Bahamas by himself. I don't think Feeny is sexually frustrated. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> no, he knows what he's doing. Feeny, man. that sly, sly dog. I just want to see Feeny be a ladies' man. Like mm-hmm. I want to see. I want that episode. <laughs> we see some of his moves later this season. We do. We we know that because we were on that episode of uh, uh, Bro Meets World. But, oh, I wasn't even thinking that. Oh, I well we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. But yes, Feeny, man, sneaking it in for people. Wait, no, that's in season five. Oh, okay. what I'm thinking of. I think now, I that, now that I think about it, because Angela's there. I think I know what you're talking about now. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, we have. <laughs> Feeny mm-hmm. is a sexually active man. Yep. Corey comes out, and they're like, we're going to go camping. Like, we're heading out. And he's like, oh, we've lost everything. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> he comes out. He's like, what's going on? We're going to go sleep outside. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, we've lost everything. Yep. And, yeah, and they're like, no, come on. They're like, go to Kimball's. They're having a sale. Feeny, puppeteering people's lives. Mm-hmm. Anyway. He's just behind them. <laughs> yes, dance puppets. <laughs> dance puppets, dance. <laughs> but then we cut to Chubby's for yes. some reason. For some reason. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't belong, but it's here. And it's the best scene uh-huh. of the entire show. Uh-huh. And so Corey's there eating something, and Sean comes well, up. He puts this food down. He's not eating it yet. Mm-hmm. He's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I, no, nothing. This I, I don't know what this is. I found this. I said, "What are you doing?" I I I'm eating meat. <laughs> Just so funny. It is funny too because he's like Corey's like Sean, and he seems surprised. He's here. He's like, "I thought you'd be doing your puppet show downtown." So he brings in the bucks. <laughs> <laughs> for the kids the most brings in the bucks I just imagine Sean as like this busker yes. in like downtown Philadelphia doing these things to, to make money if you had to do that or just if you did that for fun um, just did some sort of street performance what would you do? here's the problem I'm not talented in everything anyway. well let's imagine you could like if you could just pick something well if I could pick something right now I'd be playing trombone oh I would want to I've seen videos of like people playing like the Barry sax, which is like the big, big saxophone. Yeah. I could play that. You could play the trombone, and it'd just be the best time ever. It would. It'd be great. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Barry sax and trombone. I feel like because of this show, it's like I'd do like I'd set up a sign that's like, if you can ask me a question about Boy Meets World that I don't know, I'll pay you ten dollars. <laughs> but if I get it, you pay me five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> feel like that's what i can do mm-hmm. um what is the name of the uh what is the name of what chubby's becomes peg leg pete's duh Give me five bucks <laughs> five bucks please <laughs> um but anyway yeah so he's like oh really really starts crying sean is hilarious in this whole thing because he just looks so disgusted uh-huh. he's just so over it 
uh, and he's like, they're there. Like, he's just consoling you'll, you'll, him. You'll learn. You'll, you'll get there. And he's like... I like meat. I like to eat meat. And they, like, reconcile. Mm, he's like, you want half? It's how the poor survive. <laughs> uh, that's the end of that scene. Uh-huh. But it's... Mm. It's, like, funny. It's probably not a great discussion of poverty. <laughs> um, no. But it's very funny. <laughs> normally i think we would have like a deep discussion about like what this is saying about class and poverty but it's just so cartoonish Mm -hmm. there's gonna be episodes that get there Mm -hmm. i'm thinking like the thanksgiving episode Mm -hmm. is really gonna be pretty heavy-handed with that so let's just enjoy ourselves right now well yeah and like if every sean and Corey scene was animated in this episode it wouldn't be out of place Mm -hmm. like i I literally it's so it's so funny just like cartoonish. <laughs> yeah. It's so over the top, it might as well be a Looney Tune. Um, but that's the end of Corey and Sean's journey together. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we see Corey. He's at Kimball's with <clears throat> the family. Mm-hmm. They're loving the store. The tent's great. The f- fishing pole is top of the line. Alan knows all about all of it. Uh-huh. And <laughs> they're standing there looking at lanterns and they're like, clearly, this is the best one. Yeah. And then Corey's like, well, what about this one has the luminosity and the... And it's like, they're exactly the same. And that's why I'm going to be an accountant. Yeah, <laughs> Corey says that's why I'm going to be an accountant. Um, his goals have become a lot sadder. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Poor Corey. Um, Pottsville really wrecked him. Pottstown. <laughs> Pottstown. But... Yeah, and they're having fun, and Amy's chatting up the owner. She's like, oh, George brought us. And he's like, George, I love George. Never buys anything. Never buys anything, but I sure like our chats. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talking about how he's planning to sell the store. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> he always intended to leave it to his son, but he had a daughter, and she had other plans. She married an orthodontist and moved to Miami Beach. <laughs> Which is fine. Like, um... <laughs> So he's just like, one's going to sell. He wants to spend some time with his grandkids in Miami Beach. Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Actually, Florida seems like a crazy place. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, if I'm all about that beach life. Give me a private beach somewhere to live on. I'm happy. Yeah. I just don't know if I want to go to Florida. Yeah. Like North Carolina? Yeah. That'd be nice. The Outer outer Banks? The Outer Banks. Some soft shell crab? Those are probably a little too uh, popular right now with the show and everything. There's a show? The Outer Banks. What's that? Is it about hot people? Probably. (laughs) That's probably safe to assume on any any show. Name a show. (laughs) I mean, Jersey Shore was the first show. Is it about hot people? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Grey's Anatomy. Hot people. Community. Hot hot people. Boy Meets World. Hot people. It's true. Um, Rugrats. (laughs) Cartoons. Cartoons. Cartoons don't don't count um, unless you're talking like My Hero Academia. They're pretty hot. Yeah, they can be pretty hot. All Might, both forms, pretty hot. I don't I don't know if I'd say both. His uh, Small Might's hot. He's just hot in a different way. He had, yeah, well, I was about to say he has the confidence, but I really don't think he does. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Small Might. <laughs> um. I don't know what we were talking about. Oh yeah, the store. She's chatting him up and. He, He's like, I'm, so I've got the place up for sale. I've got a few offers, but this has always been a family place, and I want it to stay a family place. And this is where Amy realizes the puppeteering. Mm-hmm. She's like, George, he mentioned there was a sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're just like, oop, he's just there manipulating things. 
Making them, making them happen. And that's when you get the lamp and they're talking about that. Feeney was the real Matthew Broderick the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the real, but the real Matthew Broderick is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> what do you think? You, who the do you real, think you are? Matthew Broderick? The real Matthew Broderick is the stores you buy along the way. <laughs> yes. Um, so Alan turns and he's like, we got to go before I buy the whole store. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, Lord, you did. <laughs> yeah. So... In five minutes, a business transaction that transferred ownership of a store from one person to another just kind of happened. Well, they could have just... He probably had a price in mind and said it, and she's like, yeah, we could... And they went back and forth a little bit. They were looking at those lamps a long time. <laughs> it's absolute lunacy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that over one conversation, someone could just buy store from someone else mm-hmm. and that they have that much money especially that alan is like well, i have a little bit of savings yes. like we'll be okay for a little while that i've quit my job because we have a little bit of savings i mean you could get a loan there's but, like business loans and but she didn't have time to do that. Like that but they could have just like st- struck the initial deal and they're gonna get to the yeah the i guess paperwork side i guess down she does say the down payment mm-hmm. it's like they're not they're not so the maybe, bank's gonna own the business for a while so I guess maybe they take out a small business loan later, but it would be weird for him to like be okay with that because they haven't gotten approved for that loan yet. Anyway, it's a whole thing. But they buy the store. Again, you don't learn a lot of actually about business <laughs> yes. in this episode. Um, <laughs> but I just love this. Corey's at the counter. He's like, so you mean this is my beef jerky? <laughs> Which would probably be my reaction to. It's like, I own this beef jerky now. <clears throat> uh I mean, that really depends on how your vendor system works, because mm-hmm. sometimes they own it still. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amy and Alan have the moment where Alan's like, are you for real? And she's like, I got to make a decision that infects the whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have left you. Mm-hmm. She didn't say that, but... <laughs> yeah. Of the two choices, which would you prefer? <laughs> yeah, she's like, I get to do it. He's like, we can't do this. And she's like, if this won't make you happy then we can go over there and cancel it. No, no. We said you got to make a decision that affected everybody. Without discussing it. Without discussing it. Um, And Eric's like, Dad, isn't this great? I'm going to be working for you. you." And Amy comes over. I'm glad you think that because we had to dip into your college fund to make this happen. Hey, Dad, what do you know? You're going to be working for me. (laughs) And she's like, what about partners? They're like, yeah. Sappy music. Everyone's happy. Q end of episode, mm-hmm. transition to tag at the end. Yes. It's kind of a long one. Feeney comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we have Mr. Kimball mm-hmm. is explaining to them, accounts we have accounts payable. payable and accounts receivable, and it's pretty easy. Yes. Because businesses are notorious for being easy. Mm-hmm. And everyone's always successful at them. Mm-hmm. But yes. Yeah, he's he, he is explaining very entry-level... Bookkeeping. Uh, well, uh, very entry-level vendor economics, like mm-hmm. um, accounts with vendors and things, and um, things that Alan should actually know quite a bit about. Yeah, it seems more like Eric is learning them. Yeah, uh, more than anything. But even Alan's like, we'll hire someone. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, he probably had someone that yeah could have ran the books. That's probably what Leonard Spinelli did. Leonard he's Spinelli. not good with people, but he's good with the books. Mm-hmm. And Alka-Seltzer after, you know, it uh, all went down. All the Perrier. Um, very disappointing. Very disappointing. Leonard Spinelli, where are you? Uh, I'm just saying, putting Alka-Seltzer in Perrier does nothing yeah, extra. Not very it's exciting. very disappointing. Uh, I, thought, I thought you meant him not being around. 
No, we're kind of okay with that part. <laughs> I have fond memories of Leonard Spinelli. And he can, they can stay that way. They can stay that way. It's kind of like Red Reginald Fairfield, where I think if he was even, even one more episode, I would hate him. What Hogwarts house would Leonard Spinelli be in? Uh, he's too timid. I think he'd be a Hufflepuff. Probably. A Hufflepuff. I mean, he's got to have some reliability. Mm-hmm. Very loyal to Alan. Yeah, I think so. I'll take him. Yeah. Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Um, Reg, Reginald Fairfield, very much a Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> Reg, Reginald Can't take Fairfield. a hint. Interesting. Reg, Reginald Fairfield is a Gryffindor. Oh, wait, he's not part of the original band. Never mind. We're just moving on. Yeah, let's, let's head on. Um, but yeah, so they uh, they bring in Feeney. Mm-hmm. Feeney's like, you mind if I browse a bit? Maybe I'll buy something. Okay, Mr. Kimball's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Um, First thing Feeney looks at is a pair of socks. It's like, $18 for socks? He's like, they're insulated and waterproof and you can walk on hot coals. Yeah, they're very fancy socks. He's like, they're $18 for socks. <laughs> and he's like, hey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eric's like, what if I show you, show you the snowshoes? He's like, why would I want snowshoes? There are no snowshoes. <laughs> Which is Eric's second funny moment. Uh-huh. He um, only gets two. He really does only get two. And I'm blanking on the first one. Uh, Gap. Oh, yes. I am Gap. Strudel is funny. There's a big gap between (laughs) his two funny moments. Okay, Strudel is funny. We can... There's two gaps. Yeah, there's two gaps between his funny moments. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's just saying, like, this is a lot. Like, I need help. mm -hmm. And Feeney's like, you're going to need more than just bookkeeping to be able to, like, do all this. Which, I guess... You need a complete education to do this is just such... And also, he graduated from high school. Yeah. Like, he should... Like, you're the one who graduated him. You're the one that said you've done the requirements to graduate. You have a quote-unquote complete education. And can we talk about a world that is so messed up? If if Feeney is right, which I don't think he is. But let's pretend for a second that Feeney is right and college is the way to a complete education. Like, you have a base education... That you get when you're in high school and then college like completes your education. Can we imagine a world where the for-profit college system that we have is like the only way to complete your education and how much that sucks? Capitalism, (laughs) baby. Like, oh, um, we need to keep our stats up so we're not letting in dumb people and it's going to cost a lot of money so we're not letting in poor people. So basically the only way to complete your education is to be rich and wealthy. Or take out a massive loan. Or take That's out a message. near impossible to pay off with most of the jobs that you could get yep. with your degree. That hit a little too close to home, Cameron. That hurt just a little too bad. I'm here for you. <clears throat> um, you had Oklahoma's promise, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Such a good program. Thank you for your promise. Oklahoma made all the difference in the world. Oklahoma's promise. If you're poor, they'll just pay everything. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. But I did not get to Oklahoma quick enough. No. You had to do it in like fourth grade? Uh, eighth, tenth grade. Oh, so stupid. Anyway. Um, yes, take out massive loans or like qualify for obscure things like Oklahoma's Promise or certain scholarships or something. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the ways you get in. You can't get in otherwise. Sorry about you. It's messed up. But anyway, Feeney. But that's not the point here. Feeney thinks he needs those two physical science credits uh-huh. that he has to take for some reason that both cost like $2,000 a piece. Um, love it um yeah so he's like you need to do this and he's like we can set up some tutoring 
Mm-hmm. So I can help you out so you can get into college. You can be successful here at this wilderness store business. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I guess I will take. It's like you sucks. can take you can take classes at like a community college mm-hmm. for like basic accounting or like a trade school for those same sort of stuff. See, and be like you'd get the training that you need at a fraction of the price mm-hmm. um, without having to worry about all the other hoopla that comes along with college. But the show never even acknowledges those as options. So I have to assume that people like the Matthews find the idea of trade school and community college so morally repugnant that they won't even consider them as options. Like, you are subhuman Mm -hmm. if you make that choice. How dare you? And Feeney also. Like, just the the area of, of um, Philadelphia that they're in, if you make any choice other than college, you are sub. You might as well stay home and be a bum on your parents' couch <laughs> than go to trade school or community college. Yep. You moral stain on society. I feel like we're really dwelling on this point. <laughs> it's really, That's really not even made, well, one could argue. Well, but you made an excellent point. <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit just like, there are better ways to go about this. Well, an apprenticeship is maybe the best way Mm -hmm. to do it. It's like your dad knows how to run a business to an extent. Why don't you just do it and learn from him? And it looks like learning by doing. Learning by doing. Who knew? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's true. Um, Yeah, so Feeney agrees to help him out. And he says, you know, I think I'm going to buy these socks. (laughs) And then Mr. Kimball's like, wait till I sell the place. And then you finally buy something. And then they take his entire money that they give. They don't even ring him up at the register. Then they just tape a $20 bill to the register. Usually it's like a $1 bill. Here's our first dollar. That not one. our first 20 Yes. Um, yeah. But they do it. They do it. And it's just this nice moment. We're starting something new. Got a new set by Mr. Turner's. The new set is Kimball's. Kimball's. Yep. We've got Kimball's. I don't think we ever do see Turner's again. No, I don't think so. Turner. You were taken from us too early. Too soon. Gone too soon. Eli! <laughs> Gone way too soon. But that's the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What did you think? What did you rate it? I gave it an eight and a half. Mm, interesting. I thought it was fun. Like I said, it's like very iconic. Um, just again, as I was watching it, I'm like, this is something that I think about a lot when I think of One Meets World. And I feel like that that's an important thing to consider is the I- iconic status. Yeah. I... I don't think of this episode as nearly as iconic as the last one. It's still something I think about. Yeah, I don't know. But what did you rate it? I I, 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 I well about a point lower. I think a seven point five. I thought okay. it was a solid episode. Um, there are lots of things I would change about it, but it was still fun to watch. Um, I'm probably never gonna rate an episode that isn't about the three kids super high because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's an episode about Alan. And I You're just not here for it. I don't care. <laughs> like, I, I don't hate Alan as a character. I think he's more problematic than he is, like, good or aspirational. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he just is, he is what he is. Amy's pretty great in the episode. Um, she doesn't get a lot to work with, but in that last scene, she's pretty fantastic. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a g- good episode. It is a very good episode. 7.5. I think it, it's, it's, it's a good score. Yeah. I, okay. I'm not changing mine. Who is your MVP? Sean. Well, no duh. Yes, it's Sean. I was thinking Amy a little bit. Because I just feel like she really stood up for herself and, like, didn't back down. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Sean, 
Yeah. Is just gold. I think who makes the episode the most watchable Sean. is MVP, and it's Sean. Like, if his humor wasn't in there, this episode might be kind of insufferable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it's so weird because, like, one of the scenes he barely talks, but he's still affecting the scene in such a way that makes it so funny. Mm-hmm. One scene, he's not there at all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. A Bavarian man named Ogner will control my life. Um, and Amy mostly exists to be like a foil to Alan until the end. But it if there had been more of Amy at the end, like kind of telling Alan and telling Eric and like being real proactive, if that Amy had been the rest of the episode Amy, I would say absolutely. Um, she is definitely runner-up. There is no one else in this episode that even touches <laughs> yeah. the two of them. And then maybe Corey coming yeah. in third. Corey would be third for sure. And there with Feeney. Yeah. You do the math. <laughs> Okay, Feeney's the real MVP. No, I'm just joking. It is Sean. Uh, I know what our friends at Boy Meets World Fever would say, but it's a uh, word I will not say for our wonderful listeners who don't like us to curse. We love you all. Um, what did you name it? Uh, so it had to be... It was real hard because it had to be Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first thought was Boy Meets First World Problems. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said Boy Meets The Poor House. <laughs> the Poor House. <laughs> yeah. Um... But I ended up settling. Um, well, now I'm questioning. Because that's more... Because I was going to say Boy Meets the New Store. It's still more Eric and Alan meet the mm-hmm. new store. Boy Meets the Beef Jerky Tub. <laughs> um, I like Boy Meets the Poor House fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming to terms with this thing that he doesn't need to come to terms with. Boy Meets... Uh, yeah. The Poor House is fine. <laughs> yeah. Um... Man, that's the episode. Um, pretty good. Not the best. Um, I was surprised last week that I thought a good episode ended up being great. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised this week that I thought a met episode was pretty good. Was mm-hmm. very good. So yeah, I I've feel been... like season four so far has really come out pretty strong. Yeah. Bo- both episodes have surprised me a little bit. The first episode doesn't surprise me. Love the first episode. Mm-hmm. But there's still, I feel like even the, knowing the next two episodes coming up, I feel like they're both bangers too. Yeah. In their own way. Yeah. I actually don't remember the A plot of episode five. I remember the B plot real well. Yeah, I don't know what else happens, but it's just so good. <laughs> yeah, the B plot's <laughs> great. Um, but I, if you find <laughs> I literally, to this moment, cannot think no. of what the A plot is in that episode. The episode in fact, I would say that they, it is the A plot. And whatever Corey's got going on is the B plot. I feel like it's only like three scenes, though. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. It's okay. what I think about when I think of the episode. So <laughs> we'll just have to see. And you'll have to tune in in two weeks to hear what we're talking about. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be a great episode. Um, but yeah. The, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah. Two episodes have definitely surprised me right now. Good. So In a nice way. In a nice way. I was definitely expecting this episode to be like kind of in the six range. Um, but yeah, I, was, I was surprised by it. I was. So uh, we want to thank uh, Dizzy Parker for our theme song. You mm-hmm. can find a link to the music video it comes from in the description down below. Not down below. In the episode description. Yeah, this isn't a YouTube video. Chance. But I always say that. You do. Um, I also just want to take a moment and encourage you... Our dear listeners, if you have listened to our show and you enjoy what you hear, 
please give us a rating on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. Yeah. Like, just let your friends know. Um, and say, hey, been enjoying this. One Meets World, a lot of people have watched it, have a connection with it. Just let people know. Um, yeah. Um, listen. We're never going to pay to advertise this show, ever. Never, not once. Um, and we think it's gotten pretty good. Yeah, we're having a good time. Yeah, we're getting a lot of good feedback. Um, so yeah, let people know. Um, let's get this so big that Wilfred L comes on the show. We could tell him what a disappointment no, George he was. George Takei comes on the show. George, uh, that's that's the end though. Oh, <clears throat> the final episode of Girl Meets World. George Takei. Um, the our, the end goal of this podcast is George Takei. We can't start there. Um, what if we do? Where do we go from there? Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart. I'm sorry. No, I think we have to end the show, and our new uh, goal has to become Jaleel White. Is that mm-hmm. his first name? Mm-hmm. Okay. On TGI, TGIF? Yep. TM, TM, TM. That's our name. Yes. No one listening can take it. I will sue you. I will sue the pants off of you. <laughs> you come from a land of many pants, <laughs> and they will be mine. <laughs> I will take them. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah, that's all that I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever. So long, world. So long.